episode 119 of No Crisis Yet. I am John Lynch. And I'm Ben Brown. Ben, let me tell you about a little place called Disco Elysium. Wow, it's it's called Revishall, actually, isn't it, technically? You know, (laughs) there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack Mm -hmm. in this. So one of the things, and I I think the world might be a good place to start. First off, if you have any interest in playing this game uh, for the story... D- don't listen to this because it's going to be yeah, filled with spoilers. Talk about it. But broadly, it is a, a Disco Elysium is a PC adventure game, isometric style, uh, where you it, it's a it's a cop RPG. I guess is how they what kind of the, the marketing are, prominently features RPG? what what kind of cop are you? Which in this day yeah. and age has <clears throat> is a fraught. A little bit of a uh, different meaning now, but but your your character basically wakes up in a hotel after a bender and he doesn't remember anything and there's a body hanging out behind the hotel that he was supposed to be investigating and uh, you basically have to figure out how that guy got up there and how the hell did you get there and that's that's pretty much the game but you know um, I, I'm going to get this out of the way in mm-hmm. this game the journey is what to play for not the ending yeah. because that ending is I, I think it's bad um, oh interesting I actually kind of like I, it. but we'll get to that <laughs> we'll get to that but I, I um, there are the moments, and I shared it with you. That my mo- my game ended way before the actual ending ending, and mm-hmm. not way before, but maybe like an hour and a half before. I yeah, it, the game kind of locks into a finale for a, like the last third of its time, essentially, right? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, you you basically it's I don't know. I, I God, I don't know where to start with this game. All right, let's well, yeah, let's talk. The, let's the, talk. With, let's talk first about influences. So this right. I didn't know this, but this game setting was mm-hmm. played, I don't know if it was a, a campaign setting, but basically the development studio behind it had had this setting like years before this game came out. Uh, okay, yeah, it feels like that in, in, a, in a way where it's, it's such a, it's a world that's almost like too filled out for the scope of the story. It's too much. Um, I, I it, will like, say it, that off the bat. It is, yeah, there are literally... It's incredibly dense with world building and stuff that doesn't really concern the story being told. It's neat flavor and stuff, but I did, there were points at which it's like, a whole like paragraph full of like slang and organizations and religions and political stuff that is all just it, left of you know it gets it's, in its own way. So apparently it's the, European-ish and some other things, but it's also fantasy in some other ways. And it's it's a it's a very rich setting, but it ultimately um, and I think it's a good setting. But I do think the hearing it comes from a tabletop uh, thing that they had in mind actually makes a shitload of sense. Yeah. So and also. Uh, this game is in the future, like it's in the future of that setting. So the original setting right. is a fantasy, like is all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then like the most interesting parts of it, you don't even get to see, right? So the pale, literally, the world is divided by this thing called the pale. Which, if you right. ever played, or you know, if you're into Warhammer 40k lore, um, mm-hmm. I guess the equivalent would be the warp, right? So in Warhammer right. 40k, there's the warp, which you can travel through to get places, but it's incredibly dangerous, and there are. To get to, to to the cart way in front of the horse, the fact that that the cryptid. I remember I texted you. I was straight up mm. like, "Okay, so cryptids are real," and <laughs> I originally thought, "Oh, I'm only seeing this thing because that's my because uh, I spent so much time on that quest and I really believe." Like I went into right, it. Right. I, I don't know that my character. I don't think I role played my characters believing that there was actually this thing out there. I was really just doing it to help the couple. Because um, I was rooting yeah. for them, I, I like that couple a lot. Yeah, they are they are uh, genuinely nice people <laughs> in a game. It doesn't. I mean, not everyone's an asshole in this game, but there's plenty of assholes in this game. So, yeah. uh, and all right, uh, where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? What, well, where, so, yeah, where, I mean, what is the logical place to start? The other thing about the game that I think, like, yeah, is, is intrinsic to it is that it's it's a it's a dialogue system RPG. Like, there is no combat. It is Planescape Torment. <laughs> barely any inventory it is all about talking to people and every one of your skills is a different part of your personality which is just such a it's such a weird way to build a system it makes complete sense once you start the game up you're like oh this is brilliant why hasn't anybody thought of this before but um the the complex because there's like 20 skills i can't remember there's a lot so there's four uh, a lot stats, of different aspects right? there's four stats so you basically have your right four trees and then two 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 like mind two intellectuals or intellectual psych uh, a physical one like that represents your body, and then I don't know what you call the yellow skills. They're like they're like motor kind of is practical that intelligence and maybe motor skills. Yeah, because that's where reflexes and some other savoir faire is in there. It's yeah, it's yeah. weird. Um, I guess that would be the place I would start. Though, is like what what type of co- uh, what type of Harry did you build? For me personally, yeah, I've uh, all all psych stats. So I was yeah. like anemic because um, I in Planescape as well. Like it doesn't 
makes sense to play that, and especially because that's more of like a that that is much more of a Boulder's Gate with. <laughs> it's heavily, got combat and D and D stuff, like yeah, and, but it, maybe and more not, traditional RPG systems. Yeah, in and, addition and, to the dialogue stuff. Yeah, and even but even then, you you look at Planescape and you're like, okay, so the conversation is really the core, the meat of that game. If you if you can't get behind reading and using your imagination, um, there just isn't enough combat to like make right. it interesting. This has this eliminates combat completely. Um, you have the isometric view, you have the two D backgrounds, like the the beautiful. By the way. The I art in the, this game is the paint beautiful. stroke backgrounds and stuff. Like, yeah, that opening like title shot of Revishal with like the scrolling panels yes. and stuff. Just every time I started, I was like, God damn, this game looks. Awesome. The music Good. is fantastic. Like the the yeah. experience of the game is great. Um, there are little niggling things like there are times when you click on something and Harry will walk over to it and then not fully like get there and you have to like click yeah. a few times. Playing with controller is not ideal. So that's um, interesting. So that's another thing to note is you played through this uh, enhanced version they put out um, with the voiceovers and a, a week yeah. or two ago, uh, which is put uh, the console versions came out as this, and then PC people who owned it got it as a free upgrade. And I played it back before any of this stuff was in, so it was mouse and keyboard, and I didn't have probably nearly as much voice acting as you did. So um, uh, the voice acting is a mixed bag. I there are There's characters so, that were cast yeah. really well, like. Mm. like Kuno, Kuno is great. Uh, God, love Kim is Kuno care. Kim is great. God, <laughs> I did. Did you get Kuno? Did you have him become your partner? No, I found that out later. That if if Kim got shot bad enough in that last part, that that you could have various other people. And I saw one of them was Kuno. I was like, oh man, I almost want to go play that act again just to do that. <laughs> I yeah, but even but. this is the thing, right? This game is if if the writing. And I will say the writing is uneven in some places, right? Like, I think the political options are laughable. I think the whole conceit of, like... Well, the, and then they added some quests, too, in the, in the expanded edition, right? So they added, like, capstone quests for your political ideology. So, and right. I, I got to the point where I just... I, I think I just played that game too long. And I, I didn't save Scum really at all. There, were, there was one mm. point I did save Scum, which was to pry open the ice cream freezer... There was a couple the, places I yeah. did that where we're on checks because the way that the check system works is if you fail it, you failed it until you put a point into that skill and then it, and resets, it resets all those checks. The challenge, yeah. Um, um, unless it's a that's red the check. only like friction you encounter in the game. I guess I see why they did that, but I definitely there was a couple points where I was like, okay, I don't want to wait another four hours to wait to open this ice chest or whatever. So I'm just gonna. And and the other <sighs> thing like that was uh, I do think they give you some good outs with. Um, cause I would use like, I sing cigarettes on intelligence checks because they boost everything by one. Um, but of course, in order to do strength checks, you have to drink and that's a, that's like a story relevant thing I think too, which is, so I did not realize that the, the lead writer was an alcoholic and I, I should because the alcoholism in this that. game is incredibly vividly t- described. It's brutal. It's disgusting. really, yeah. And, yeah, it's really, and really fucking brutal. brutal. Um, I, um, I, mean, I love that stuff. I, the, the writing for me excels in the places where, you know, you're basically like, I think they said that more than half of the dialogue options aren't even with other characters. They're with these skill sets. With and, yourself, yeah. Yeah. And you're, it's the internal, like the, the internal dialogue, I guess we all have to a point. Um, right. And obviously, like, you know, it's, it's, it's mechanically. It's you're, gamified, you're just, yeah. It's gamified, right? So. Um, it's not unlike, you know, like Inside Out where it segregates out parts of your personalities into like an individual. And, and I mean, they literally they, have voices will, in your version. I mean, the only ones that have voices in the version I played are the ones like the limbic system. The sums that the ones that like start then are in the dreams and stuff. But the all the ones outside brain. of it. Yeah. Uh, all the ones that you encounter like in the, the regular game don't have voices. So that's always. They, that's, they will. That, they will. That would be the thing sometimes. I'm most curious about. Mm-hmm. So I have had instances where. My logic is like, no, this is what we should do. And then my suggestion is like, no, idiot, if we do that, right? Yeah. Like, and it's fascinating. Like, there's so much fucking writing in this game. And the um, ways that, like, you can look at any, uh, any um, dialogue exchange and see how many times it, it ticks off one of those, you know, interacting with one of the, um, the subconsciouses. And then also then the subconsciouses interacting with each other. Like, yes. I just can't imagine how those dialogue trees look. It, I mean, it's the whole game, right? But it's also just it's amazing <laughs> like at times it can be hidden, really amazing yeah, there's hidden checks so if you if you like this is obviously adding to the replayability you can go through one you know you'll go through one conversation right like let's say it's a it's a fairly long conversation with a lot of options um if you play it with all your stats up in the psych or mind based stats like 
you basically pass hidden checks that are like, oh, you know, like encyclopedia is the classic example where it'll mm. fill out a little bit more of the world for you, right? So right. someone will mention offhand, oh, yeah, this guy's a schmo- so-and-so, and the word you, you won't know, but thank God, you because your encyclopedia skill is jacked, it'll, you'll get a little thing that says, it hey, says, yeah. this is a car from the 1920s or whatever, the, the 1850s, whatever the fuck time scale. This is, by the way, this doesn't take place, take place on Earth at all. Um, no, the, the it, cultures it, and stuff are there. Earth-like, and there are definitely like the political ideologies have direct analogs, and in some cases are just called communism. And you know, but the, like the I forget what their centrist group is called, but it's like you, you can clearly see where the parallels are. Um, yeah. And there's not like monsters or dragon, but there is there's a cryptid. So I guess there are even like fantasy monsters in it to to a list. Did you think they were going to pay off the cryptid thing? I didn't. I mean, I thought it was just Neither another did uh, did a fun little side quest. And I was really, uh, yeah, I, we should work to the end because I think there's a lot to talk to there. But I I, I felt really uh, rewarded for go- having gone through that side quest and then getting that part of the ending. All right, so and also with Kim being there and his reaction to it is so much fun. I just, yeah. I really all right. Like here's, here's what I'll do. I, I want to get us. Yeah. How did you play the game? Like, what, uh, okay. what was your, don't, don't give me like the beat by beat, but just how did you approach conversations and stuff? So I did, you know, I very much did, uh, once I, I think I got to the, the, the select screen where it's like, what kind of cop do you want to play? Do you want to make your own? And I'm like, oh, I want, I want to try and make my own. Let's see what this looks like. And, and I did go pretty much all like knowledge and psych. So all yep. brain, um, and definitely very anemic though. I do think one of my favorite, uh, psyches is within the strength. It's called shivers. Um, and it's all oh, about just so feeling good. the vibe of the city. And it, it, it has no gameplay relevance really at all. It just comes in at certain points and gives these incredibly vivid, beautiful descriptions of what Revishal and the bigger city around you are all like. And <laughs> the it's dialogue really cool. options that are like, look to the east, look yeah. to the north. Oh, it's look so to the good. West. And it's like, it's such a bad, you know, because the other one I took uh, that I, I thought I would really like was Encyclopedia because I was like, oh, I love lore. So it's just going to give me more lore. And I found the Encyclopedia stuff to be interesting, but also like too dense to parse in some cases, like we had said. So Shivers just does such a better job of filling out that world with kind of the vibes better than I mean, it is this, literally, literally this... showing versus telling. Yeah. It is literally exactly, the, yeah. the showing versus telling. Delivery. And I had both of them and I definitely could never resist clicking on the encyclopedic stuff because I, I am curious, but I definitely thought Shivers did like such a better job of of letting me see what that world is like um without being too heavy-handed with it yeah and and but uh yeah so i mostly went for those and i think my primary skill was in the inland empire and um so just dale cooper basically yeah so that was it when i saw that skill in the name i was like oh man i can just be like a fucking vision cop like dale cooper that is exactly what i'm playing this game like and um you know, and from the start of the game, you know, you wake up totally blackout drunk in your hotel room. You can actually die uh, trying to turn on the light, which I think is really funny from a heart attack. You, you can die reaching for your tie. Yeah, it yeah, is fucking yeah. brutal. Um, and that, so after that whole opening, I was like, oh, I'm also going to try and play this where I don't drink anymore. Like, I'm actually going to internalize the thing. Yeah. What, what the character would be doing. Because he... And it's such an interesting thing because you're... you're um, I forget what sense it is. Because they're... It, it's not drugs because there is a sense there is a psyche for drugs essentially electro you know electrochemotherapy or something like that's it yeah and then there's yeah. a separate one for booze and the booze one will come in at times when you're like boy I could really use I'm getting kind of thirsty like that that whole dynamic is so interesting to have play out throughout the whole game and and I did give in to the other part that's like hey smoke I'm like yeah fuck I got to give myself something here <laughs> like it, and so that stuff was really. Um, I thought it was really cool how you can work that into your how you role play your version of Harry. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I played it as as a uh, as someone who really didn't want to remember or didn't want to be who he was before this because it, you know, the picture painted by who you were before this is not good, <laughs> and um, and also just uh, that intuition, that thing that Cooper does in Twin Peaks where he has him throw rocks at a uh, at a glass jar to to figure out who the killer is, and it's like it's. <laughs> Charming and obviously not realistic, but it's really fun. And I, I, it's one of the things I love about that character and, and about Twin Peaks in general is that every one in the FBI in that universe is a fucking wizard, basically. And it's totally silly, and I really like it. So when I saw that, and the, again, the name Inland Empire is Dave Lynch movie, so clearly it's a direct reference there. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And, and it worked a lot. I mean, the intuition you follow doesn't really tell you what to do but it, like the ways that it makes you bend conversations and you can it, it's really clever how it 
it does work more often than you would I, think. And like kind of in you, the way that with Cooper, where it's a little bit further down the road, but when it does pay off, it's like, oh man, that's good. See, yeah. the way those dialogue options are, like there's a thing within an empire where you can just think it, like you'll get a little thing that's like, yeah. hey, you know, it'll talk to you and say, hey, this, you know, the sense Touch of that the universe. door, this blue door yeah. feels different than the other blue doors. But, but what delivers it, what makes that skill is that then you can say that shit out loud to other people and yes. they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? That was um, the other thing is, is whenever my, br- not whenever my brain said crazy shit, because like drama is one that will try to fuck you up a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I was like, Inland Empire and these other couple, I am always going to say what they tell me to out loud because I want to just be throwing people off left and right. Like, that's part of my strategy. <laughs> See, I, um, so the way I the way I played it was, you know, I tried to be open minded. I didn't want to do drugs. I played it basically more or less straight, um, right. and I got like I had to come back to this game after the first two hours. So I, I put in two hours like when I first bought the game, and then stopped. And mm. I that was a mistake <laughs> on my part <laughs> yeah. because it was just like shit. Well, now I I was playing it a certain way. I know I wanted to be friends with Kim, so I instantly was like. You know, you can do... Did you do ever get the aces high, aces low? Yes. Unlock where you, like, high-five them, and then you get them on the backstroke. And yes. Yeah, and you... That... That is fucking great. Um, yeah, I missed Kim, that like, the first time around. You uh, don't have a huge party, but your party of your partner, Kim, is all you need, because he's, he's fucking great. He's such a he's great He's a great character. character. Did, you, did you get the Kim ball thing? Um... I th- think so i don't basically, know basically you, you find out a secret doors in the whirling and rags and you go into the back and there's pinball machines oh i never did that yeah i remember that was one of the inland empire things where this door is like reaching out to you it wants yes. you to come through it but i never actually got through it oh you never did no oh my god really yeah it's why i think it was one of the things that i was like um as i got towards the end of the game and it was like okay what, what side quest do i want to wrap up and i'm like I just kind of was ready to get into the the end of it, and so I, I think I saved some in my brain that I would come back and do, and I never did. And, and then when they announced the the remake or the the added voice actor and stuff, I was like, well, I probably end up playing through it again at some point. And I'll just try to remember to do those side quests that I didn't do. Um, oh, do you, but, I, yeah, I, not, I, I don't. Should there. I not say anything? No, no, it's fine. I, I think I know what's behind there already because I think I looked up how to do it after the fact. And I was yeah. Like, oh, so. Okay. So basically, like, it's bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. And this this is my, there's a lot of things in this. I don't want to save my niggles towards the end. But one mm-hmm. of the things, um, you got, you constantly got to be on that right click. You constantly yes. have to look for highlightable items. And I think that, I don't know that it's necessarily a negative thing. Because that's that's just how, even adventure games, right? It's an even adventure pure, game thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but so basically, you walk, you know, in the mess hall in Whirling and Rags where the union guys are? The Hardy Boys? Yes. So basically, you need a high enough perception to... And if you have high enough perception, there are like... I think the objects become outlined in yellow as opposed to green or blue. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You don't need to be near them. Yeah, so I saw it. As much I, as you do. But if you have perception high enough, then you get the yellow outline. If you don't, then you can't even click it. I'm pretty sure. Right, yeah. Um, there are certain things you cannot see or interact with if your perception is not high enough. Right. So basically, there is a key tied to a yellow ribbon that you see through the window if your perception is high enough. And then you can click the window, you start a dialogue option with the Hardy Boys, and one of them will throw the key to you and say, get the fuck out of here. That nice. opens the door. Um, you go in through the door, and there's a bunch of old pinball machines because this building was part of the doomed commercial district or the cursed commercial district, right. which is a hilarious quest with the, about with capitalism. The, the game developer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you find a bunch of pin, old pinball machines, and they're all mm-hmm. broken. And, and at some point, Whirling Rags is a pinball arcade. And oh, that's cool. If you have encyclopedia high enough, you're like, wait a second, Kimball. Why does that make? What does Kimball make sense? And Kim mm-hmm. will be like, look, that was a long time ago. But basically, <laughs> the reason he hates juveniles is because he was a juvenile uh, cop. He was in juvenile cop law enforcement for like 12 years. Oh. And one of his missions. It, that's why he doesn't like Kuno. That's why he doesn't like the. Right, right. The, um, one of his missions was to infiltrate a pinball gang. <laughs> and so he had to become a master at pinball and like he won't he doesn't want to talk about it and he gets super defensive about it because he's pissed oh, his nickname man. is Kimball and uh, he was just like I think he ends the conversation by saying, by saying like I was 38 years old I was 38 year old <laughs> pinball champion it was so unbecoming and it was just like flawless like it just made uh, me love that character amazing. like that's the shit it was a small moment but the writing yeah. amazing. Uh, and I, him but, dealing with yeah. you is like got to be one of the best dynamics in the game throughout because you know one of the other things throughout the game is that you're you're kind of recovering this lost week 
where you've lost your gun, your badge, your car, <laughs> and every step of the way look, look, ben, when you, you find another massive car, fuck right? up. <laughs> you didn't lose the car. You made that car into something better. That's how I played it. There's a dialogue yeah. option I had where, you know, someone talks about, yeah, he was a daredevil driver. And the conversation, I don't, I don't know what it was. And there's just a dialogue option that's like, daredevil driver. I like the sound of that. The sound of that. And it was like, so I good. leaned into it. I was like, fuck yeah. That guy's yeah, the when man. I was when I was in the, the dockside town there, uh, or the other side of the, the dam there. The fishing where you go, village? Yeah, where you find the car stuck in the ice. And I, um, everyone I talked to, I was like, that was me. I did that. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Every one of the reactions. Most of them were pissed, but it was really, really funny. Uh, that oh, stuff is really God. good. Um, are, there, are there any high points you want to discuss for you personally? Um, I do think like, the showdown at the end is really cool. Um, you're talking about do, the, the actual showdown like with the, yeah. the tribunal or whatever. Did you ever open the um, the uh, the shipping container in the docks? That blew my fucking mind. Oh and my God, that's so wild. It was hilarious <laughs> it's because so literally funny. his net worth warps me out. You find a millionaire <laughs> yep. and there's someone who references him too. I think Everett says something about him when you ask yeah. him about what's in the container. Uh, and <laughs> you literally can't even look at this guy because his He's net so worth rich. literally... There's a, there's something, it's a called like the Fleischmann Index or something. Yeah. But his net worth is so much more than yours that light bends around you him. Cannot and you cannot perceive look. him. <laughs> yeah, you cannot perceive him, right? And then when you, you go t- near him, your money goes like massively yeah. up just yep. by being near him. The numbers <laughs> get all weird. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And that's uh, the stuff. That's the stuff that works for me. I love um, that. I love the, um, the, the when they introduce the thought cabinet mechanic, which is, I think, a really interesting mechanic, uh, even though a lot of the, a the later system. ones that require a lot of work don't actually pay off that well. Um, but the first Some, one where it's yeah. like, you can't approach this body until you get your shit together, and then you the, go the into the menu. Compressor. It's like me- mechanical shit compressor is what yep. you have to think about, and then your shit gets compacted and put together. It's just like so... It's great wordplay. It's really funny. Um, and that, that whole... I, I like that system, which is like a subsystem where you essentially get like I guess they're buffs or something, they're but perks. they also do they're, unlock a lot of yeah. They're, they're perks. but they're, they're also right. negative. So I would argue right. and like they're Fallout two like Fallout two traits almost where it's like yeah you're almost all of them have like a positive and negative or at least a negative if not also a positive. Yeah, shit compressor I think is just straight up. You get it's it's positive. Right, um, and it and it makes you able to do that with other ideas. Did you did you internalize Egghead's hardcoreness? Uh, yeah. Because that's, that's that one. just straight up says, hey, you you can do a lot of hard drugs, so you're you just get one free endurance and one free volition, straight up. There's <laughs> yeah. no downside to it because you, you internalize the hardcore aesthetic. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what other ones I I, I did because a lot of the major quests tie into those thought cabinets too. But I love that that quest to the church, everything with the church and the 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 hardcore guys, and also the woman in the church doing the test on the the like spot the whole, of nothingness the in, in the, the ceiling. Yeah. And just that whole vibe, the crab man, everything about that, I loved. I was so... That's one of my favorite like sections of the game, for sure. I, all right, I'm going to do this compliment sandwich style. I, mm. I, I want to talk about some... I want to get your view on this. I hated mm. the ending. I see. I, yeah, I don't... I, I definitely think it's 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 pretty... Huh, I don't know. Because like, it, it, it explains what happened, like, fully, pretty much. Uh, it explains it, what happened and, and more. It explains... It, uh, because there's also a minor mystery. It's not even really a mystery, but they yeah. mentioned offhand, like, oh well, a bunch of like a couple of people from the union have went missing, like, mm-hmm. and like this woman was found drowned in the canal, and it's like, no, she wasn't drowned. This guy just shot her. Yeah. Like the, the, the ending, I'll summarize it. There's like mysterious murders. Like there's yes. a one murder, right? It's, it's so the mur- it, one murder is the guy that got hung behind the the whirling rags. Turns out he got shot in the hotel, and they pulled him out there to make it look like a hanging. Um, for reasons, <laughs> they're too much to get into. Yeah. But then, um, and and so your your whole thing for the whole game is figuring out who killed that guy, and then, um, and that spirals out into some other stuff, including like a corporate yeah, espionage agent and some other yes. stuff. But there's a there's a um, classic femme fatale. Here's this is the thing, right? Yeah. In some ways, again, let's let's mm-hmm. go English degree, right? In some ways, this wears all the trappings of a whodunit. Yes. Right, and you have red herrings. There's red, like if you look at a classic detective story, this has everything except the ending, which is complete Deus Ex Machina. Like yeah. everything's explained by someone who you couldn't have even suspected in the first place. Like I really, really, really thought it was building to me having done it, like killed this mm. dude. I and, did have that thought, yeah. And I, I was like, it has to be right. Um, 
it has to be me. It just makes sense. And there's even an option where you get to the island and, and you find the sniper's nest and mm-hmm. you're laying on the mattress looking through it. And you, one of the dialogue options is like, oh my God, I could look through binoculars and look at that room right now and shoot right. the dude. And, like this and, is a perfect shot and all that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get here and, and it's going to be me. And it's like, nope, it was just some random communard who yeah. was obsessed yeah, that's, with this. It's an interesting thing because like it, it is, um, you know, this kind of maybe speaks to the more broader political things the game does because a lot of the different factions do align to different things and you know everett is the the kind of the union guy and but the thing the game does often is it contradicts not contradicts but it always undercuts those ideologies with like yes the union is potentially something you should be rooting for except for the guy who runs it is like the biggest criminal in the world (laughs) and then the the communist thing is also interesting because it talks a lot about um, you know this communist revolution that failed before the game started, and like this, this, this world takes place in the aftermath of that, and and ha- how people perceive communists as like you know you really fucked this up for all of us, uh, kind of thing. And I don't know that making that character, I don't know, I don't really know what to make of it because it's like he's but it's like, not a murder, but it wasn't even a murder it, mystery. Like it's not a murder. Yeah, mystery. and his it's, his murder motive and all this other stuff has really nothing to do with communism. It is more his like pathetic obsession with this woman and he couches it somewhat in communist uh, lingo, but it's mostly just like, I loved her and I couldn't see her with another man. So I shot that guy. Like that's it. And I, yeah, I, that's not my part that I liked. I think the cryptid was the thing I liked more because it was very surprising. And I do it think that game is so yes. ugly that I, I really liked that there was something that was just unequivocally like kind of awe, awe-inspiring at the end of it. I really I thought that was a nice way to send it off. I think as far as like a plot, summer, I think the plot climax is definitely the the, the standoff kind of. Um, and the the extra flavor you get from the the, the trip to the island is is maybe I don't want to call it an epilogue because it does if, if it we're is talking, the end of the game but yeah if we're talking TV shows um, the the shootout the the building tension all that shit the shootout mm. in the square is the penultimate episode right. and then the 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 island that you go to at the end is just wrapping it all up and saying yeah look yeah it was this dude it explain it does it doesn't it's not that it doesn't my frustration was that I thought it was going to be more sad, like more interesting. Maybe I don't know. I thought it, I um, wanted a big reveal. I wanted it to be someone under my nose, and then you get that betrayal. Like you, right. like oh shit, it was Clausia, or oh shit, it was Gart. Right, like it was right. the cafeteria manager. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, it has the trappings of a whodunit. Right, and you're, you're doing all this that. work, but it's it's ultimately for nothing. Like it, 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 there's no satisfying payoff in terms of the mystery. And the mystery is you find this old sniper. He ran away during the communist revolt. He hid while a lot of his comrades died. And then yeah. he decided to live like basically Ted Kaczynski. It's Ted Kaczynski. It's the Unabomber. He yeah. really is. Um, he just has his man. He, he refuses. He even, he even requests to be taken in as a prisoner of war. Right. Right. Because uh, he's in his eyes. He's he, he has very, not given up the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how I would have done it differently. Um, I the thing so this game loves to compare itself and take and make direct homages to Planescape Torment. Yeah, so the, I have to like I think the developers drop that you know a lot when they oh, talked yeah. about it in interviews, but also like yeah, if if you think about a game uh, which is primarily focused on you finding out who your player character was before you controlled them, that's definitely a hallmark of that. So, and that's fine, but and but the Planescape, Planescape Torment ultimately, and here's my issue with Harry and and the mm. selections. Planescape Torment is about owning your shitty past, right? Mm-hmm. It is about like, look, you yes, you are other people. Like in for those unfamiliar, Planescape Torment takes place in the the afterlife of Dungeons and Dragons, and all the planes are the the alignments. So there's a plane of chaotic neutral. There's a plane of chaotic evil. There's a there's a plane a bureaucratic cha- a neutral lawful, or a lawful, lawful evil. Or- Lawful evil, like lawful evil, oh, yeah. is, a, is a plane of like evil demons who are bureaucrats, <laughs> and and that's just easy on its face. And there's yeah. fantasy shit, but you don't you don't need to. It takes away from it. If, if they tried to do Planescape with like, hey, here's an encyclopedia. It's like, no, yeah. look, good people go here, bad people go here, and Sigil, the city, is right in the middle. It's right, right in the middle of all these. So you have D and D adventures, you have demons, angels. You don't need to know. You don't need eight paragraphs about like a specific revolution because everything in Dungeons and Dragons, it's ever happened, technically happens in the multiverse, right? right. Similar to the Tower, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen King's whatever. Right, um, the Dark Towers. Yeah. The, the yeah, center I'm, point. So here's the thing, right? In Planescape mm-hmm. Torment, ultimately, 
you have to own your incar- your previous incarnation's lives. You have to pay the comeuppance for all the shitty things you've done. Right. Harry Dubois, for me, it's like, nope. They, they wipe the slate clean, you have amnesia, but the yeah. woman you can't get over has nothing. They don't pay that off at all. They just say, yeah, yeah. dude, she was really hot. You banged her a lot. You and wanted to marry she- her six years ago, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. I would say out of all the parts okay. of the ending that didn't work for me, that was probably the part that didn't work. Is the relationship between him and his wife, which is, you know, it's seeded throughout. You, know, you find the thing in your notebook and whatever. It's not like it comes out of nowhere, but it's just not, you know, it's not very satisfying. Like he was he was a bad husband and then she got she went away and he feels and he got more drunk because of it. Like it's it's And it caused know, a nervous it, breakdown. Okay, fine. In yeah, you are not ex- a lot to it. In Planescape Torment, you run into your ex. You run into one of mm-hmm. your exes, and her name's Deirdrana. Deirana? I don't know. Diorana, mm-hmm. whatever. You run into her in a memorial hall. You run into her ghost. And mm-hmm. she doesn't know who you are. And, or you, she knows exactly who you are. And she calls you my love. And you're just, your dialogue options are just like, who the fuck are you? And mm-hmm. it just hurts her. And mm-hmm. it like hurts her so badly that you don't remember her. Because basically, you knowingly sent her to her death. Like 100%. Nope. You, one of mm-hmm. your, in, in your previous lives, you 100% sent this woman to her death. You never loved her. Your, mm-hmm. your previous incarnation. Never loved this woman. But she, because of who she was, her father was, and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, you sent her to her death so you could get material gain. And you have to deal with the fallout from that, right? Yeah. We, and in this, there's a point. Did you ever open your your um, binder? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the so section in there. You open the secret section and you're like, oh, this is for special documents. And if you read about your ex, mm-hmm. you black out. Right. My guy couldn't handle it. He blacked out and Kim had to pick him up. And I was just like, oh, my God, what happened? Did I kill her? Is it Silent right. Hill 2 style? Like, what? And it's just like they, at the very yeah. end, they just have this. Ah, you just, yeah, you, bad six relationship. years ago. <laughs> yep. It was a bad relationship. You never got over it. Sorry. And it's just like, yeah. oh, OK. And yeah, that's that, the stuff. That part didn't land for me particularly well. It just was like, all right, you get through that dialogue scene. The dialogue scene you ultimately have with her. I don't know what you're actually having a conversation with but nevertheless it's like it, yeah it's, it's just like okay they need to wrap this up i get it but i'm, I'm not getting much out of this um, and this is the same. sometimes the world the world of revishal can't get out of its own way mm. right and it's the thing of like you know in a good movie about new york new york is one of the characters right sigil in planescape is a character revishal has a lot of text and it's very well fleshed out and thought out yeah but in some ways it i never and the cars look like City 17 cars from Half-Life and yeah, whatever. I, um, it, I don't know. It just didn't. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Like I can, I feel much. like I can dial into the, the mood of what Revishal feels like very easily in my memory, just from the music and the, the, you know, it's weird that I think I was reading an interview with somebody uh, with developers. They said the game actually takes place in the springtime and I'm like, Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I, I like just kind of thought of it yeah. as uh, just dingy, eternally like right bet- on that in between spot where it's like 38 degrees and raining. That's what it felt like. And um, I did find that atmosphere kind of like a little draining at sometimes. I think when I was, it took me a while to play through this game. I think it took me like a month and change. Because um, so I, I, pe- I, I, I kept I pecking at it. it. <laughs> For the first half, I probably pecked at it more than I, sh- than I should have. And, um, and I definitely had like a, like a week or two when I didn't play and I came back to it. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> um, they're just hurling out years and, and monarchs and stuff. And I'm like, uh. Um, but, you know, I just at a certain point learned to kind of just go with it and, and it got back in the flow of it easy enough. And then I think once I kind of uh, kind of had the first breakthrough, that part where you talk with the corpse when you take it down, oh, man, uh, which yeah. you can only do with yep. Inland Empire as far as I know, is like, I think that was probably one of the moments where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fucking playing this thing to the end. This is wild. Um, and, it, you know, it, 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 the, the, the aesthetic quality of the, the kind of really messy brushstrokes to the art and all this other stuff, like it does ma- give it a vibe that I think is very powerful. But I, I think I agree with you that it doesn't quite have the, the world building is so much all outside the frame of the game that it, it almost feels like, yeah, it, it does feel like you're reading a player manual for a, a campaign in some cases more than it, you're living it, in that it, space. And yeah. It, it felt like one of Dwarf Fortress's generated history. So Dwarf yeah. Fortress generates like 300 years of history and there's civil wars and blah, blah, blah. And that's what it felt like. It was just like, well, like, yeah. this is just at Mad Libs with like, yeah, I had, I had a, a couple points where I was like, why didn't they just set this in Europe? Like, it, it's so close, and, and they could, you know, oh, I, a few 100%. things here or there. Yeah. Uh, but they could have set it in, in, in Eastern Europe and had it, like, pretty much play similarly. And I, I do think that is interesting about it, because this game is made in 
uh, Estonia, I think, and so sure. a former USSR country. So it's that there is interesting stuff about them as a as a you know people who grew up in a, a society that that went through a communist um, uh, re- re- reform or whatever, you know, a former communist power there, and and how does that? Because you know, I think we have a intellectual view of that sort of thing, but we generation we haven't lived through it generationally we haven't so i think it's interesting that that this one of the perspectives in the game is heavily you know a lot of people talk about that revolution and it's a big part of the the world building and stuff and so i I think it's really interesting i i just don't know that and it doesn't advocate for anything specifically like it is a game that very much like i say every positive thing it can say about one movement it it under it can undercut it with a, a bad person within that or whatever um which, you know, is smart in some ways if you're making a game where people can play all sorts of different things, but also it does leave it a little mushy at the end. It doesn't really uh, come to this a is, point. This is what I'm saying. Like, so that, that really bothered me from a mechanical perspective because basically it's not just like... And, and I understand why... Like, I understand the efficiency of saying, uh-oh, a political thing came up in this conversation. Here are the five choices, right? Right. There's no opinion. There's ultra-liberal. There's communist... Basically, fascist, fascist, yeah, um, and humanist, and uh, like the the dialogue options are terrible. Like, I there was one essay I, I watched on YouTube about the game. Where it basically said, "Look, here's the problem with what they're saying, which is like, it, for example, uh, Codor Two. I mm. grudgingly played that game, and I, you know, classically written by Chris Avalon, so it, mm. it's way more morally gray. It's one of the darkest morally gray Star Wars things." And there's basically a dialogue choice. So Krya, Krita, I don't know her name. Krya, the, the Jedi yeah, Master, Krita, old lady, right. right? Yes, she is completely. She is true and supposedly true neutral. Um, and so there's a point mm. where you there's a guy begging on the street. If you give him money, she'll say, "Look, all you're going to do is give him money. He's going to go with his drug habit. You're going to you're basically prolonging his suffering." Mm-hmm. Okay, if you save scum that conversation, go back and give him the money, or don't give him the money. She's like, "You're you're also hurting," and it's just like, all right. It's a South Park thing yeah. of okay, well, none of none of them are valid. Yeah, all of these, we're gonna we're gonna depict all these in the worst possible way. And that's initially, I, yeah. I remember hearing that criticism of Disco is that it's it's uh, from like the first couple of hours is that because it is such a uh, there is a little bit of edginess to the beginning of it where it's like it's just so gritty and everyone's fucking cursing and you know they they it just feels like it, it has such a nihilistic worldview. Um, that it, it's like, well, it's not going to say anything because it's going to just end up saying all these things are stupid, right? And I don't think it does that entirely, but I do think it falls into that at points. And especially with the, like, here is your political responses to this thing in dialogue is probably where it crops up the most, where it's just like, there's... And all the options have a little bit of, like, the piss taken out of them in some way or another. They're just like, we don't want to give you're, you a straightforward <laughs> answer here. We're just yeah, gonna... your Yeah, but your guy sounds like an asshole. There's no way, yeah. like... If you're a real communist, like, let's say you're a real communist, you wouldn't just be like, well, every we need it for everyone. Like, you right. wouldn't say the most obvious thing. Like, it just like the me, o- it reads yeah, like the a only kind of post. The only kind of communist you can be is a desperate one. And, you know, it in some ways makes sense for the universe, given how communists are, are perceived in that place. But it's still also like, why can't there be more than one dialogue option for this? Um, yeah, like I said, I think mechanically it's just a way for them to be like, oh, when you say this, it bumps up your communist score. Right. Right. Oh, you say this, it bumps up your ultra liberal score. Like, that's fine. But also, again, it's a self part thing of like, well, like if everyone sucks all the time and no one is sincere and it's just like, well, I don't. Right. I, I don't want to engage in politics. You get called out for that. If you don't engage, mm-hmm. you yeah, get called out for centrist. that. And, like, that's fine. Yeah, but um, I don't think they give you enough latitude in any of those options to actually come out and say, like, well, you just don't believe in anything. It's like, well, you just gave me a very limited set of things to believe in. <laughs> that's, that's you know, part and parcel with making a game that is all about dialogue choices and stuff, I guess. But I, 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 I mean, but maybe, it's, maybe it's prophetic because, I mean, that's how Facebook is. There is right. no, and ultimately not Facebook, ultimately the current world, uh, the temperature of conversations on Twitter is... You can't be half a Marxist or you can't be right. a little bit socialist. Either you're a socialist. So maybe they're right. Maybe that is yeah. how it fucking is. I, I, like, it is cynical, but it's also like, yeah, there are definitely instances and in, in interactions in the real world. You can see it's like, oh, you're you're not a perfect leftist. Get out. <laughs> and um, and, yeah, and there are parts of the game that feel like it can do that, too. But since it doesn't of, like of Harry, actively like, penalize you for it necessarily, it doesn't take away stat points. 
Uh, actually, no. One, some of the ideologies might take away some stat points, but I think if you, you only if you thought cabinet, then. I, so I um, did not internalize race theory. I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not I engaging know. with this fucking guy. <laughs> so I, I didn't take that thought. I didn't even. Yeah, there is. That's another thing that's interesting is there is some pretty evil shit you can do in this game. I mean, the fascist stuff is obviously uh, pretty evil as well. Um, and I, that was the thing because you can check your little notebook and see like where you are in all those different things. And I would check. I remember checking like two thirds of the way through the game. It's like, how was I fascist those times? <laughs> I wish yep. I could go back and see what they were. Obviously, that's kind of part of the fun. It's 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 like, you know, even the little bit slips through, right? But. Um, uh, but yeah, no, there are definitely like certain thoughts that came into my head or, or were optional uh, thoughts that I was just like, I am not engaging with that now. <laughs> I, I regret not becoming hobo cop. That, that was, I was like, fuck, I should have gone for it. There's- I was, um, <laughs> yeah, I was art cop was definitely my, I think that was probably the thing I used the most. Cause that gives you like free, what does it give you? It like refills one of your stats or something when you, when you appreciate art, essentially, I yeah. can't remember which one it is, but that one was really useful to me. And I just love the idea of an art cop. It's so funny. So let me ask, <laughs> did, uh, in your, did Cindy, the skull tag the square? Does that always happen? I believe so. And lights it up. Disco Elysium at the end. That. So I forget what it is. She wrote something. I don't remember. But what she writes said. something. The showdown that takes place is like, she writes it before that. Right. After. So it, it's like a, you know, whatever. I forget what it said, but for my character, it was basically, it was, it was the end of the game. The fucking all the bloodshed has happened. Cindy the Skull. After we, I've talked to Cindy the Skull all about art. I talked like that was one of my favorite ones. Was like engaging with her about that shit. Yeah, being like, yeah, like here's what I'm gonna do. If you have a high conceptual skill, you can tell her you're gonna do this whole like. You basically pitch her this ridiculous idea for a mural. Oh right, because there's um, that blank spot like near her place, and you're like, I want to use your paint. And she's yeah, like, and she's like, tell me why. Then, yeah. Yeah. And you, you come up with this elaborate thing, and it's too much. Even even the the stat is like, yeah, that was too much. The, your concept was too high. <laughs> Um, but at the end, she does it. She paints with mode, basically diesel fuel. She right. paints it on square, whatever she wrote. And my character, the end of that game for me is the shootout happened. Kim was okay. I recruited him to my squad. And mm-hmm. at, uh, at, du- at twilight, in, at dusk, my character lit a cigarette, threw it on that fucking thing, and screamed <laughs> Disco Elysium into the night. And Disco. that's how it... <gasps> yeah. And that was how I chose... Uh, that for me was the climax. That was... Yeah. That, I would have been happy with that. Um, I feel like you could take the cryptid stuff and actually just put it as the end of that side quest and make it just as satisfying because I don't know that it needs to be at the end of the game outside of that it is probably the biggest most supernatural thing that happens in the game um, but I besides think the, the, <laughs> the pale is already such an incredibly weird supernatural thing I don't know that you would need to end on the cryptid but because um, that like that's why I like that part so much because it felt like a really great payoff to one of my favorite side quests not because it necessarily helped explain because it does like allude to the fact that the reason that the communist guy is kind of uh mentally unstable is because he's been near this thing for so long right isn't that implied in some way yeah and that it, the cryptid has some effect on him but it's also just like vague as of what that effect actually is and how much of it is his creeper badness and how much of it is the cryptid I yeah but again i i don't think i maybe i was just set up for a reveal like I, mm. I wanted it to be ultimately about Harry, right? I, yeah. There's a point where it's looking like basically, you know, when you confront Ruby and you talk to her for an extended time, it, she's like, you're here to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I was like, she's definitely like desperately worried about you. My cop was not dirty at all. Like I said, he was a gym teacher, which didn't make any fucking sense to me. That's wild. Yeah. Cause I, I, my guy definitely was. Cause like you, you do still meet up with like your former colleagues who are like there. Yeah. The guy in the sunglasses yep. and stuff. Like, and they kind of debrief you at the end of the game and, and they're yes. like, you know, your arrest record, your, your it was, it was, uh, it was really high because you just did anything to arrest anybody. I'm like, oh, that definitely means I'm a dirty cop. <laughs> so, or so I think that stuff is all like, that's the thing. My cop was totally clean, totally like straight laced. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a former gym teacher. That's how I met my wife, like or girlfriend, whatever the fuck she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and it was just like, oh, this isn't has nothing to do with like Harry at all, except that like it, there's also a, there's a bunch of conversation options where you can basically pass off like, no, no, look, this is all part of my style. Like, yeah, you can basically say, no, no, I'm an experimental cop, a very high I think concept. Superstar cop keep... is the one for that, right? Yeah, and it's hilarious. Uh, mm. Because at some point it becomes true, like that's the game, right? You're just like, right. no, this is like, uh, at the end for me, that's basically what they said. They're like, oh, right. this is this is how he does it. 
Um, and my character had practiced doing it before, like blacking out, like purposely blacking out. And basically the way, <laughs> the rationale they explained my character was that um, when I do this, when my character does this, mm-hmm. he, this is, it's true. Like this is how he approaches the case. I think they put it as like he becomes a tape, like a tape head, like on a cassette mm-hmm. player. He, he because, because it is, if you want to get into like the metaphysical and philosophical parts, uh, my Harry blacked out drunk. He did it so that he's approaching the case from every it's angle. The freshest right? angle possible. He's, yeah. He's, he's literally getting rid of all preconceptions of even, <laughs> even where he is. Right, and who he, he is, yeah, and he he basically throws it all out and says, "I'm gonna tackle this case as if someone wiped literally wiped my memory, and I'm approaching it as a newborn baby, basically." <laughs> um, and they and they say as much, and it's like that was fascinating. Yeah, but they That's don't e- like. My, but why am I a gym teacher? Why the personal tragedy with my wife or fiance, whatever that? Okay, there's no accountability there. There's no tragedy. Right, yeah, because the reason my wife was driven away, at least in my remembrance of the ending for me, was definitely my bad cop behavior, which was just violent drinking and and all that other stuff. Yeah, and and I definitely, I think at some point, Kim, I think I just, at at one point when I said something really crazy to somebody, like one of my Inland Empire prompts or something, and Kim's like, what are you doing? Like, pulls me aside and says, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to throw him off. And like, that was very much a strategy. I kind of, I liked that idea and just kept playing to that and that definitely played into the ending where they're like yeah you would just get yourself worked up and say crazy shit to throw people off and so like it does seem like it factors some of those things into uh who you are at the end and also you know all that stuff is kind of prompted to you i would say pretty naturally through kim and stuff so that it doesn't feel like you're filling in like a a by a character sheet while you're playing the game um like I, I think of the beginning of uh, The Witcher Two, where basically oh man, it, it's doing this <laughs> yeah. flashback of the intro tutorial level you're playing, and as Geralt, you can say different things, and it changes the stuff that happens in the like the tutorial level you're playing, um, and it's like oh I, I I fought this thing head on or whatever, and so it, but it feels very it's cool, but it also feels very mechanical, like it feels like you're answering a multiple choice questions, um, yeah, and I feel I- like the way that Disco you never know whether a question is like extremely pertinent or not necessarily. You know when skill checks are extremely important because they'll tell you, but um, the, like you say, those hidden checks, I think, um, is something that I didn't really notice until I was thinking back over conversations. Like, oh, that's probably where they pulled that part of the ending from and stuff, which I think yeah, is really I, I wish they hadn't. So Planescape, when you play Planescape, there's you can answer multiple. When, when a, in certain dialogue options, characters will ask you something, and it literally it'll preface the choice with truth, colon, I hate you or mm. lie colon. I hate you. <laughs> um, th- and, and the other point, the other uh, similar instances are like really poignant where it's like, you know, the central question of uh Plainsky torment is what can change the nature of a man. And you have the same thing, truth, love, right? Mm. If you, re- if your character really believes that he really does believe that truth, like love can change the nature of a man. You can say that. And that's, mm-hmm. that is a, in my opinion, a more, or you can be a dirtbag and lie and be like, I don't know. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, and, there, I think it's, and this is a, this is a challenging problem with any kind, any time, any person writing multiple choice dialogue. It, it's an impossible task, right? Right. Um, but that idea that like, I'm not saying this thing. I'm saying this thing meaning one thing, but I have to, you know. But it's the right. writers saw it as something else. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and that's tough. That's difficult. That is hard, and that's always the you know the. I feel like the first time I remember that in like dialogue driven games where it didn't draw out necessarily the full response, but like did a, an idea of what you were going to say was mass effect. And then, Oh man. Um, yeah. hundred percent. And it worked well for them. I think largely I didn't really play mass. I played all of mass effect and I don't remember a point where I was like, what the fuck did I just say? But that happened all the time in fallout four, which used a very similar, um, oh, kind I of mean, system. Fallout 4, which whatever, right? And you could mod fallout four. So it just told, said the thing if you were on PC anyway. So it was like, a fixable problem but you know obviously that's a game design idea that they had that i think totally totally failed but i do think um with disco especially because they don't they don't have a thing like the wheel where everything is placed in a like mood you know all, all the paragon options always on this part of the wheel that kind of stuff like they don't do that in disco and um i think that's probably just because it's too too fucking complicated how every response could spiral off into so many different little uh um, oh yeah little webs i just don't know how you would visualize that but um uh, no idea but but yeah. i it's 
it's I, I don't all this aside, I'm gonna end on a positive note, but it, yeah. the game was great. Um for yeah. all my niggles and like you know, I didn't like the ending, but it uh, Yeah. It's not I, that I it was think- like I didn't storm off. I was like, fuck this game. Like, oh, I can see where you're coming from for the ending for sure. But I definitely think it was a game that when I finished, I was like, that was pretty good. I'm glad I played that. And then it, I think I said to you in text, like, it's a game that hung with me way longer than I expected. Because, you know, I play plenty of video games. And theoretically, most of those video games have a story. But, like, probably 90% <laughs> of them completely been? fall away after I finish them. Because yeah. video game stories are in oftentimes service of the other parts of the game. Um, and uh, this is one of the ones that I, I just remembered so many moments and, and side quests from and, and dialogues and, you know, the, the woman who's making dice in the old commercial district yeah. and that whole storyline with the game development company that was trying to make this like radio based video game, like an MMO. It sounds like a mud, but it's done over like radio waves or something yeah. um, that just like that stuff's So fascinating. I, I really like uh, all the corners of that. Um, uh, the, the the it's like a city block, right? Is that how big it is, really? Like the, yeah, the street, yeah, and, and then you yeah. got the docks and the the other side of the dam, and that's pretty much the whole game. And um, I just you know how much how much uh, overlap and the ways that, like Everett's a good example of that. How he overlaps into a bunch of quests, but if you don't talk to him. Like you can arrive at him while also having done all the things he would have asked you to do, and it still yeah. it seems to react to that and like actually be rolling in. Whereas like I met Everett early early on is like I am not doing anything with this guy, but I am going to string him along until the point where I can basically, um, uh, you know, he's like go have everybody sign this deed so I can take over that waterfront property, and I just immediately fucked him over. Yeah, I immediately felt pretty, pretty great. A hundred percent because he's a piece of shit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, I, he's 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 probably the one of the more cartoonishly villainous characters in the game because he's just this big fat fat cat union boss. Like he's just he's almost too much of a cliche, honestly. But yeah, um, it, it, it is yeah. not. So this is the thing, right? It taps into structurally, right? It taps into that for me. It taps into that like the Planescape thing of like I have my party members. I I remember my like my party members. I remember what the relationships with them or like like in the same way like i know i will probably remember kuno forever because god damn it <laughs> um, kim, kim is just a great <laughs> yeah because because kim has so much heavy lifting because he's reflect he's he's the analog for the for he's like a garris man like he's your he's he is he's, the, he's the rock solid character you need to build a player character around right but structurally he is the gut check right it was like right. what the fuck are you doing right like yeah. he and and you can make decisions in front of him. You can do shit behind his back. Like yeah, that was a, uh, that's an interesting mechanic. Like so at night, because basically like the time passes right through dialogue, and so at a certain point at night, Kim will go to bed, and you can still do stuff to like I think it's like two a.m. is when everybody officially goes yeah. to sleep, um, and I think they kick you back to the hotel at two a.m. But um, I never did. I did one interaction I think with someone outside of Kim, and I legitimately felt bad about doing it. <laughs> and like when it came back around, I'm trying to remember what it was exactly, but it came back around in some other dialogue. And he's like, "What are they talking about?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot to tell you, I did this one thing <laughs> the <laughs> night, and I felt like really bad about it. It was like a really effective like callback um, to that action where I was thinking like, "Oh, I'm just getting an extra hours because I did also I think I played through at least probably the first half of this game thinking that there was a limit to it because you know." It says you have you've already been here a week. We need to solve this case, and and your days do end. So I, I thought at some point, oh, you only have five days to do this, and then the game ends, um, which is not the case. I think it just goes. I don't know if it goes forever, but it goes for quite a long time, um, to the point where you can do every side quest, talk to everybody, and still have it end, you know, normally. I guess. Well, if you talk to the ultra liberal chick on the yacht, she's basically like. She does give you a time limit when she's, she says mm. it out. She's like, look, I think the tribunal, they're going to move in like five days. Hmm. And I was like, shit, like, all right, that changes. So then it became more dire for me in my mind. I was like, fuck. Like, and then, Interesting, yeah. I think I just straight up looked it up on Google. I was like, is there a time limit to Disco Elysium? And yeah, like the right. first answer was like, nah. I was like, okay, right. good. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I, I wish I had known that. I would have done things differently. But on the other hand, at, yeah. on the other hand, at some point in this game, I was just like, F- it's a hitman thing where like, no, fuck it. I'm not going to restart. I'm right. just going to plow through and like my, I'm going to live with my decisions. And that's um, the the meat of the game is your experience going through it. And obviously we we had similar dialogue exchanges and stuff like that, but because of the the myriad different ways you can build your character, it 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 feels like the best thing you can get out of it is 
your own journey and not trying to min-max because it's a game that absolutely <laughs> completely yeah. elides that. And I think I that's wish really they, interesting. I, I just wish they fucking didn't have automatic. Like, I failed a 97% roll and I was like, fuck this. Yeah, like, I, had a, I had an XCOM moment where I was like, come on, man. Yeah, because you don't see the disc. You, 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 the dice roll is completely hidden from you, more or less, and it's it's. No, you see it. It'll, it'll tell you straight up. Like, when oh, you, it tells you what you, you got. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. Yeah. like. I guess you you just have to trust how their RNG works or whatever. It's not. Um, well, no. If you if you roll two ones, it automatically fails. If you roll two sixes, right. it automatically passes. So in theory, it, I, I maybe it's a preference thing. I just feel like, look, mm. if I know enough. Are you really going to fuck me on a 92 or 97% roll? Are you right. really going to do it to me? Like, come on, man. Like, right, right. Because in the D20 shit. system, the closer you get to 20, you're varying degrees of success as opposed to you fucking absolutely fail and have to come back. Uh, the binary of that, I guess, is maybe one of the things that doesn't work. As I well. was kind of I, I think it's a preference thing. I feel like. Right. Well, and I think because the penalty, it's like, again, the only real friction in the game is when you fail one of those checks because it stops you from progressing. Um, oftentimes there are ways around it or whatever, but it's, 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 um, it's there's, a there's choice some, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's some dissonance with that because for the, one of the quests, like you have to get a ba- offsite backup filament yeah. for the chick in the church. And I was like, all right, so I will go get the filament. And I, the filament is locked behind like a legendary strength check or motor check, motor skills check. And it's like, look, mm-hmm. my guy's a nerd. Why would he, why yeah. would he, why would you, if, if the quest flavor is helping a computer technician shouldn't i just be able to do that very easily well wouldn't the challenge be related to the core competencies of a technical person as opposed to no you need to be big and strong to open like yeah there's and again it's not everything but that's the dissonance it's that's the friction of me being like ah come on Right, like, yeah. It's you're told what you're supposed to do, and you're like, ah, this will be good for me, a computer person. And they're like, ah, it turns out there's a boulder in the way of the computer. <laughs> like it, that just yeah, yeah. As opposed to like a planescape where it's like, if you're a wizard and you're helping another wizard, probably it's going to be a wizardly check. It's gonna it's right. gonna be like something to do with arcane knowledge, right? Um, what what else? Any, closing closing comments. Oh God, the karaoke. How'd you do at the karaoke, buddy? Didn't do it. Oh. I didn't even know there was karaoke. Oh, that's another one of my very favorite moments is, yeah, I think it's early on. You talk to the guy at the Whirling Rags and he, you like point at the microphone. You're like, what's that for? And he's like, oh, we used to have karaoke night. And of course, because I'm playing the cop who likes to throw everyone off. I'm like, oh, I want to sing. And he's like, no, you can't. <laughs> and you can't, you can't. And um, you're like, oh, I just got to find the right music. And then I think it's a while into the game till you find um, it's the church in St. Sen's, the name of the song. And... Um, and then, yeah, you get that you can go give it to him, and then he, you you do one check to see if you're good or bad. And um, I would recommend looking it up just because okay. it is it is both uh, the the good version is incredibly I, I think it's just a great musical part, and then the part where you do it badly is exquisite. I can't really explain it because it's just a voice, but it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so that was definitely one of my favorites, and that one's one because it it was introduced early and then paid off like halfway through the game. It felt very uh, substantial that I made that check because I, I was ready to save scum it because I'm like I want to hear the good one because <laughs> it's only yeah. one check um, and I think it was drama which is a, a skill I didn't prioritize because drama is like it's a messy bitch and it likes to fuck you up <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a really funny thing like it makes you it's the probably one of the first skills you'll learn to ignore because it almost always gets you in hot water with people <laughs> but it's accurate to what the skill should be right <laughs> yeah I think so right so. like if you're God, I found the mesh tank top, and I was just like, "Man, of course it's plus two to drama." <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Did you um, uh, do you ever meet the Sunday friend? Do you ever do that? I did, line? and yeah. I got that hat. I got yep. that very racist hat. And my favorite part <laughs> is you get plus one logic, and when you look at the r- rationale, all the, all the stat changes. I love yeah, this. They, they explain why. why the clothes have certain step ups, and that horribly bad straw hat gets gives you plus one logic and you're like that doesn't make any sense and then you look at it and the description just says this is a completely logical hat for a cop to wear and i was like all right <laughs> fucking sold that's where the writing is great yeah that's where really. the writing is fucking perfect it's just like the eh, fuck it like yeah that's really the good the game's not afraid to take itself not unseriously right like just not take yourself serious and fucking whatever that is also um, where you can get the uh the thought of the homosexual agenda and you can kind of make harry gay i guess in that in that if you internalize that thought and then i think pursue some other conversations with the sunday friend like that's the the way to get that I, when you but, run into ruby uh one of the first questions like if you don't know how to put it delicately about her being gay is like mm-hmm. 
I think the dialogue option just says, are you a lady liker? <laughs> like, there are just certain, the way that certain things are written are just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, the overall structure of the plot I'm met on. I love yeah. that there's a femme fatale. I love the red herrings. But it's not a mystery game. It is. No, no. It's it's, it's a, like an experiential. It's, like, an it's a human tape yeah, yeah, it's a human tape thing where it's like, what if you, what if you really did forget everything and you had to re-experience everything through a brand new set of eyes, right? Yeah, that's the fascinating thing. And I do and think the people, th- oh, yeah, on. the thing that I think ultimately makes it a really fascinating game that I would recommend anyone interested in games is that the the skill and dialogue system. I think it's just so so much more complicated and nuanced and interesting than pretty much any other one I can think of just because that's all it focuses on um, is Planescape, Planescape Torment was 21 years ago yeah 21 there's years not and so a lot of games just, like that game no and and, you know, and they tried they tried to make one uh, what was the one from uh, 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 yeah the, the 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 sequel or whatever Torment Tides, Tides of Numeria Numeria that's right but that it's different setting completely right and it it's meh. It it didn't, you know. This is way closer to it. Yeah. And yeah. It 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 is. I I don't mean to denigrate it. Again. Yeah. There are I little think... th- there are structural things. I wish it was more took itself more seriously in some ways. But that right. fundamental promise of like, look, this is what a real role. This is a pure role playing game in that you are playing a role. Yeah. Your your personality is your stat, and then like yeah. how, and all of those different things feed into how you respond to things and. And just, yeah, the idea of making, taking what would have been like a, a party member in a Bioware game chiming in is like, I represent this ideal. I represent this ideal. Oh it's all God. you in a way that makes a lot more sense um, to us people who have many thoughts rather than the archetypal way that video games and stuff kind of construct things, which I think is is really cool. Like, yeah, I, I think it ultimately, like, it does it hit it out of the park every time? No, but I think it's so unique and interesting that I definitely... Um, like I said, it stuck with me way longer than I kind of thought because I I did th- I got to the ending and thought okay interesting and then but it just it lingered and it's probably also because the quality of the writing like I said this about Kentucky Route Zero also but like you don't see writing that good in video games generally speaking like and even yeah, if not all that, yeah. of it is the the best thing ever written but just some of it is so meaty and gorgeous to listen to and and uh, descriptive and like it can be funny and it can be disgusting and it can be all these other things and I think it's just that's really cool when you see a the, showcase the comp- for writing in video yeah. games the compliment I'll give to Disco Elysium is, is like uh, the same one like so I read the terror I read that novel it's a, yeah. just a fucking doorstop it's like 700 pages <laughs> so big yeah um, I read that whole fucking thing and I was exhausted at the end but my, my compliment to that was I was at the beach with my wife mm. um, and I was sitting on the beach reading this book and I felt cold. Yeah. On an yeah. 85 degree day, just reading and just picturing the bone numbing cold. And That's like, a hell of a magic trick because and, you, and when you take I, away all the other stimulus you get from movies and video games and, and other things, it's, it's uh, when you can just do that with words, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And, and Disco for me was the same way. When my guy razzed Kim for, for being a pinball champion, when, like, yeah. when, when I threw that cigarette and lit that shit on fire and screamed Disco Elysium tonight, I was, I was completely in. And it, it was all through dial. It was all just reading. It gave yeah. me the room to, to, to have my, you know, use my imagination, fill in the blanks for myself, as opposed to look at these horse testicles. Right. right? You don't have to imagine them because right. we've spent, you know, Probably more than $100,000 paying artists to make these horse balls real. Right. And um, instead, you could just write this incredibly beautiful passage or, or beautiful or disgusting or whatever passage in this game. And it can it can give you a similar uh, similar experience. One more thing I just remember. Did you ever do any of those those checks that like trigger like a cinematic action? Um, I, the one I think of you have in the story is you have to like jump between like uh, like down to a staircase or something like that. And if you make the checks, like it does this like slow motion zoom in on you doing it, <laughs> which they yeah, only, there's only yeah. a few of them in the game and they are fucking hilarious. Every one of them. And especially yes. if you fail, they're also incredibly funny because it's yes. slow motion. You like hitting your head on the railing or something. Yes. They're great. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of them, but again, like right. You sparingly, I, but well, yeah, they're great. It's, it's a good yeah. game. I, I, it's, I think a regular playthrough is 30 hours. I think I finished in 27. I, yeah. And I, you know, I was really like, I was like, I want to see everything. Um, it's great. It's a great game. It is such a fucking refresh, refreshing breath, <laughs> a breath yeah. of fresh air to just not worry about grinding or getting stats yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, when you see an, an isometric RPG and are just like, I know what this is. And then this thing is like, no, I'm just presenting it that way. But, and, and did you ever get the ability to let you zoom out really, really, really far? That's what, that's what you get for being sober. That's, that's yes, the one. That's right. 
Uh, yep. I did really like that just because I love, you know, the detail they put in that map and everything. It's great. All right. I think we should leave it there, Ben. Uh, yeah. I, I would, I think Tisco is an easy recommendation for someone who likes reading. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you like reading books, you should probably, you should play this, you should play this game. I think it, it scratches yeah, if, a similar itch. If um, you're sick of popping off sick no-scope headshots and right. you want something a little bit more chewy and crunchy uh, to, to really exercise your mind and imagination, Disco Elysium is great. Yeah. It's very disco, as they say. It is. All right, Ben, take us out. <laughs> All right, we're out.